You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. So many fell to the depravity of the Roman culture. When in Rome, but somehow, church started in Rome. And it wasn't some half-hearted church. It wasn't some lukewarm church. It wasn't some just attend the service kind of a church. No, it was a church that had the kind of testimony in that culture. That testimony of that church spread around the world. And they were like, wow, it's a church in Rome. And they're really getting at it for Jesus. Sometimes, church can be seen as a good deed. You sacrifice your time to sit and hear some feel-good message, and then your Christian duty is done for the week. That doesn't describe the members of the Roman church, though, as Pastor Danny will share today. This church was on fire for Christ, despite the pressure from the depraved culture that they were in. Wouldn't you like to be known for your zeal for Christ? It might be time to take a page out of their book and learn what it means to devote your whole life to Jesus. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Romans chapter 1 as he continues his message, The Only Hope for a Depraved World. think we don't want the public display in America these days of the Ten Commandments. Because a public display of Ten Commandments that are not suggestions, they were written with the finger of God on stone. They are not suggestions. They are not, think about maybe you want to consider this as a standard of morality. No, these are commandments. This is it. And every time you look at them, you realize, man, we've blown it. Because nobody's kept them except Jesus. Nobody. They're a reminder, a constant reminder of the, the moral condition of man around the world <laughs> and a need for a Savior. We need a Savior. <laughs> but you want to suppress that truth, and so you don't want to see the Ten Commandments. I mean, the illustrations are endless. When I was growing up, most of my teenage life, until 19 years old, I received Christ as Lord and Savior. Best day of my life. But until then, when I got in the car, you know what I did? I put in the eight track. And I'd put in the Doobie Brothers or, you know, a Kiss. Or one of the bands I listened to a lot. First band I was ever in, we emulated them. Black Sabbath. I mean, we played all the Black Sabbath tunes. I can, I can get on the drums and play some Black Sabbath right now. The good thing is, I'm not going to. I don't play that kind of music no more. I'm rocking for Jesus now. I didn't want to hear, I wanted to hear songs that talked about the people that I was hanging out with and the lifestyle I was living. We wanted to rock and roll. We wanted to party. 
And so kids, rock and roll all day and party all night, you know? That's, 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 that's life. We suppress the truth. Look, when I was young, I, I was taught about Jesus. I was, I was taken to the little Baptist church when I was a little boy and I heard the gospel. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. And I believed, I believed if I died without Jesus, I was going to hell. But even though I knew that, I wasn't willing to give that up. And so I suppressed the truth. I suppressed the truth. I didn't want to think about death. I didn't want to think about party, girls, music, you know, the gang, hanging out, drinking, partying together. I mean, that was life. And so you suppress the truth. You don't hear the truth. Your Christian comes along. You don't want to hang out with a Christian. You don't invite a Christian to the party. No, 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 no. You suppress the truth. Why do you think we kick God out of our schools? Because we don't want to hear the truth about God. You continue on that path and you take the third step. You start thinking foolishly and you think wrongly. And the more and the longer you think wrongly, the more it affects your heart. The condition of your heart affects your thinking. Your thinking affects the condition of your heart. And all of a sudden now, you've not acknowledged and you're not living for the God who created you. You're suppressing the truth. You don't want to think about God. And now, you're thinking wrongly. And your heart is darkened. And then the next one is critical. And it's, this is where it's really dangerous. When you get to this next step now, you're deceived. I want you to think carefully about what I mean by deception and what the Bible means by deception. This means that now you're at the point where you are capable of believing lies. But you don't realize it's a lie. You don't think it's a lie. You think it's the truth. You're deceived now. You've deceived You've deceived yourself, and then Satan's added a layer there. And then God has said, okay, that's you want to go? I give you over. I give you over. I give you over. Come back to that one. And the last step is now you're given over. You're given over to depravity. You're corrupt. But you don't realize you're corrupt. <laughs> no, 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 no. The foolish thinking, our text tells us that their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. But the next verse says they claim to be wise. They claim to be wise. Like you're, now you're the one that looks foolish to them. Now you're the one they accuse of being foolish. They're foolish, but they accuse you of being foolish. And they're given over to depravity. Now, what is depravity? Well, in our text, we have this too. And these are the characteristics of depravity from our text. You ready? You worship created things rather than the creator. That's the first step. You're not worshiping God, and so you're going to worship something or someone. Your idol is in Hollywood. Your idol is a, a, a band or a star or whatever, rock and roll star, or whatever. Your, your idol is on the football field or the soccer field or, you know, the beauty queen, wherever, whatever it is. Or, you know, you're worshiping the stars and the sun and getting back to nature and all that foolishness. But, but it's foolishness that they think is enlightenment. You worship created things rather than the creator. And then 
then because you're not submitted to the God of creation and to the commandments that he lays down and the morality of the standards that he set, you're like, well, just, you know, sexual sin is a natural result because what greater pleasure can you have in life than sexual pleasure? And so marriage is not honored. You know, you, and you, you live with, you know, live with them. You don't have to be holy, holy married, holy matrimony. What's, what's that? And if you continue on that path, it's not just sexual sin, it's sexual perversion. Now, women for women, men for men. Now, the one thing they'll never be able to put together in this kind of a, a culture, in this kind of depraved mindset, is biology will always be against you. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. They, they've ignored that, and they've gone down this path, and now they actually believe a lie. Sexual perversion and then you have loads of sinful habits and practices, and there's all kinds of problems in the, in the culture. Uh, there's violence. Uh, there's relationship issues. Uh, it's just a mess. It's a mess. And the final, final characteristic of depravity is you have a culture where people are approving of immoral lifestyles, sinful lifestyles. They're saying, wait a minute. Where, where have you been? This is the age of enlightenment, <laughs> you know, the new enlightenment now. I mean, you, you're going to believe that stuff, you know? Nah, come on. Isaiah talked about this kind of culture that was in Rome, and here's what happens. He said, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And that's what happens in this culture in Rome. For some 200 years, Roman Empire was ruled by men. Listen carefully. I don't think anybody's asleep. If you are, God help you. For some 200 years, the Roman Empire was ruled by men who openly practiced homosexuality. Nero married a boy. A boy. It was one of the most pagan environments of the ancient world. Despite the sinfulness of Rome, listen to this. These same people were educated. At the time of this writing, the book of Romans, at the time of this writing, Rome was at the height of power at the greatest military in the world. At the time of the writing of the book of Romans, Rome was at the height of intelligence. The best schools were in Rome. At the time of the writing, Rome was at its greatest splendor. Everybody wanted to visit Rome. Everybody wanted to vacation in Rome. Everybody wanted to live in Rome. That's where everything was happening. And so many fell to the depravity of the Roman culture. When in Rome, but somehow, church started in Rome. And it wasn't some half-hearted church. It wasn't some lukewarm church. Wasn't some just attend the service kind of a church. No, it was a church that had the kind of testimony in that culture. That testimony of that church spread around the world, and they were like, wow, there's a church in Rome, and they're really getting at it for Jesus. Let me give you 
some recent history. In 2004, research polls showed that 60% of Americans were opposed to same-sex marriage. Today, the numbers have completely flipped, with only 40% opposed and 60% in America approving. How did that happen so fast? Let me tell you what else happened in 2004. The Apple iPhone came out, Facebook and Twitter. Google bought YouTube and launched their Android operating system. Technology has facilitated culture change more quickly than anyone could have ever imagined. The cell phone in a teenager's hand is a powerful tool that shapes a young person's worldview. Someone else said parents clothe their children, feed them, and send them to school, but the hearts of their children are being stolen and molded by a world that many of us don't understand. Not the world I grew up in. And I'm trying to be educated. I'm trying to be informed. Why? For the sake of ministry and for the sake of my kids. Now, my kids are pretty much grown now. A few weeks ago, my wife and I watched a documentary. I recommend it to you because it'll inform you of the culture that we're living in and how culture is changing so fast. It's called the social dilemma. And I'm reading and have pretty much done with the book by Erwin Lutzer called We Will Not Be Silenced. I just want to read you some sections from this book because it's relevant to Romans chapter 1 and the teaching, for example... Any ideological or revolutionary state must always alienate the young from their pre-revolutionary parents if it hopes to survive into future generations. Hitler said, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. The education of America's youth is being taken out of the hands of parents and placed in the hands of secular educators. As MSNBC host Melissa Harris-Perry said, quote, We have to break through our private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities, unquote. Using education to change the worldview of children has always been the goal of cultural Marxism. And if you've been living in a cave, there's a movement in America toward a socialist Marxist agenda and a Marxist America. American Communist Party leader William Foster in his book Towards Soviet America lays out socialism's agenda. He speaks confidently about the coming American Soviet government. The schools, colleges, and universities will be coordinated and grouped under the National Department of Education. The studies will be revolutionized, being cleansed of religious, patriotic, and other features of the bourgeois ideology. And I don't want to get into it too deep, but they believe capitalism is the enemy. In Martin Luther's day, schools were under the control of a Christian culture, but even back then, Luther feared for the children. And let me quote from Luther. He said, I'm much afraid that the universities will prove to be the great gates of hell. Boy, that was prophetic. Erwin Luther tells me in this chapter that already... 27% of California teens identify as gender non-conforming. Christian colleges and seminaries are going to have to compromise the historic Christian understanding of sexuality and gender or be hopelessly left behind. They will lose their voice and credibility. They will be on the wrong side of history. 
Because what's being sold is being sold as a good thing. Inclusion versus exclusion. Compassion versus bigotry. There's already a call for legislation to deny to all schools funding that they receive financial loans if they don't accept the full spectrum of the LGBTQ rights. I was shocked to learn that in public libraries across America, drag queens are hosting story hours for children. After same-sex marriage was legalized by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2015, transgenderism has swept through the country seemingly arising from nowhere. It was the next domino to fall. Parents are criticized for not being affirming and too rigid in traditional norms. In New Jersey, the Child Abuse and Neglect and Missing Children webpage suggests that staff might be encouraged to report parents who disagree with the assessment that their child is transitioning. What they're talking about is transitioning from a boy to a girl or from a girl to a boy. In Oregon, children can make their own decisions not only about their preferred sexual identity, but can get state-subsidized sex change operations without parental consent. In 18 states and the District of Columbia, there are conversion therapy bans which prevent therapists from questioning a child's gender identity. I don't want to leave us with just that because I love what Erwin Lutzer says here. Our churches should count it a privilege to be welcoming all people who struggle with their sexual identities while recognizing that God does not affirm sexual relationships outside of the one man, one woman relationship in marriage. Do you feel it? Every single service. When I got to this point in the message, it's the exact same vibe. You know what it is? Some people even shed tears. I, I was looking at them at this point, and they were, they were tearing up. Because we can't believe our, our country that we love is headed the way it's headed. We can't believe that we're Rome. The very culture described in Romans chapter 1 is the same culture that we're living in in our day in America. And at this point in the message, there's just heaviness and it's almost like this depressed kind of a thing. Listen to me. You listen very carefully to my last few words. There is nothing in Romans chapter 1 of discouragement. It's not there. What is in Romans chapter 1? Is a man called by God, and he never visited Rome, but he heard about it. And other churches heard about this church in Rome. And in the midst of a culture that's gone to hell in a handbasket. He writes and he says, I'm praying that God will open the door for me to come visit. He doesn't say, I think I'll just go somewhere else. He says, I'm praying for God to open a door and I can't wait to see you that I might encourage you that you continue to stand strong in such a pagan and godless environment. And I pray we'll be mutually encouraged. And I can't wait to get to Rome because I want to preach Jesus in Rome. I want to preach the gospel in Rome. Ah, listen. listen. <laughs> There's no discouragement here. As dark as it was, Paul the apostle 
He know he didn't see the darkness. He saw the light. He saw the light. And listen, listen, the darker the night, the brighter the light. I grieve. I grieve. I grieve. I love America. I love my country. It's not the same America that I grew up in. The culture's changed. And guess what? The culture's changing even more. And if you're going to stand for Jesus, if you're going to stand for Jesus, you're going to be accused of being a bigot. You're not in with the times. You're not accepting of gay rights and, and same-sex marriage. And you're not, you're not accepting of the foundations that are being moved. Foundations that God laid down. Foundations that he said, don't you, don't you move the ancient foundations. And the foundations of morality don't move. The Ten Commandments have always been the Ten Commandments. They will always be the Ten Commandments. And what the Ten Commandments show us is that we need a Savior. We need a Savior. Guess what? We got one. And he's come. He's come. And he's come for all nations. He's come for Jew and Gentile. He's come for red, yellow, black, and white. He's come for the poor. He's come for the rich. He's come for the middle class. He's come for the... He's come for everybody. And the gospel message has not lost its power. Don't ever forget that. Don't forget that. Don't leave here with your head between your, your, your legs. Oh, no, the culture's going to hell in a handbasket, and I don't know what we're going to do. i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to stand strong. That's what we're going to do. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to lovingly, we're going to lovingly, hopefully lovingly, but uncompromisingly in a culture and in a city that prides itself on parades that exalt evil and wrongness and wrong thinking and darkened hearts and immoral lifestyles. We're going to lovingly, but uncompromisingly say, no, that's not the way God made you. No, I understand. I understand the temptation, but understand this. It's a lie. It's a lie. And they believe a lie. And don't try to convince them intellectually. Don't try to convince them intellectually. Doesn't mean you can't have an intellectual conversation, but it's not the intellect. It's the heart. And the simple message of the gospel. I think back to weeks ago when Pastor Donathan gave his message about the simple message of the gospel. What a great word. It's the same message. It's the same message and has the same power. And let's not cower. Let's not hide. And let's not be discouraged as we see our culture moving further and further downward towards depravity. He's the same Jesus. He's alive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And we have the message that is the only hope for this world. And that's the message of Jesus. So as much as we grieve, and I grieve with you, downward spiral of our nation, and the changing of our culture, I have to remind myself, and this message reminds me, there is hope. There is hope. And hope is the church. Hope is the message of Jesus Christ. Hope. And it's the message for every single person, no matter where they are in their life, no matter how deep in sin and darkness they are, it's the same message. And it's a simple message. God loves you. 
Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, and he died for you. And he wants to forgive you. And he wants to fill you with life. And he wants to lead you into abundant life and eternal life. And one day he's going to come back and he's going to take you to himself. And he's going to let you live in a world for all eternity. It's absolute paradise. Thanks for joining us today to study the Book of Romans here on The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. You can hear this message again or more of Pastor Danny's teachings at our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest videos. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or would simply like to talk with us, feel free to send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send us that email. If you're in or near the St. Petersburg area, we would be happy to meet you in person. We invite you to join us for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Check out our website for service times and all the information you need to join us. In addition to our in-person services, we also live stream each service. So don't let distance hold you back from worshiping with us this weekend. Find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in again next time as Pastor Danny continues to teach through the book of Romans right here on The Living Word.